If for some reason you are unable to continue to access this set of podcasts on your current podcast platform or app, you can go to georgenassar.com, that's G-E-O-R-G-E-N-A-S-S-A-R.com, and click on the podcast link, and the entire podcast is right there and you can listen to and download it from there. Thank you. Please be advised that these podcasts may contain subject matter which may be a trigger for survivors and their supporters. Listener discretion is advised. You can always tell someone's character by the way they treat those they don't need to treat well. Mission Impossible 3 Throughout human history, there have always been certain individuals within a society who the majority of people fear and hate. This fear and hatred usually stems from ignorance and misinformation and is spurred on by a minority of individuals hell-bent on eradicating undesirables from their society. As a result, all manner of atrocities have been committed upon the undesirables. One of the most tragic examples is the manner in which the Jews and other undesirables were treated in Hitler's Nazi Germany. Basically, first, the Jews were marginalized, criticized, and demoralized within the community. Then, misinformation was spread to the public about them to garner support for more extreme measures to be taken against the Jews and other undesirables. Next, most Jews were moved to the ghettos. Thereafter, they were shipped off to concentration or labor camps. Millions of Jews and others were exterminated. Of course, there are several other examples of mistreatment. In the United States of America, Native Americans were treated very much the same way as the Jews of Nazi Germany. At first, the white man traded with them to get what they wanted. When this tactic began to fail, the wholesale slaughter of all Native Americans began. Many tribes were completely eradicated. And in the end, many remaining Native Americans were moved to reservations. Another example is slavery and how African Americans were treated once they had been sold to rich plantation owners and the like. 
During World War II, scores of Japanese Americans were rounded up and placed into internment camps for fear that they might begin a campaign of sabotage in the name of their home country. The conditions were deplorable and inhumane, to say the least. So what does any of this have to do with sex offenders or the sex offender registry for that matter? Surely I'm not insinuating that sex offenders are being treated anywhere near as poorly and inhumane as the Jews of Nazi Germany, Native Americans during the pioneer days, or for that matter, the Japanese during World War II, right? Wrong. In the state of Massachusetts, in the US, when sex offenders were first required uh, to register, they also had a requirement where they had to go to a pre-designated location and provide blood samples for DNA analysis. They wanted the blood samples so that each could be cross-referenced and matched against their database of unsolved and cold cases. Many civil rights watchdog organizations got up in arms because of this requirement. It was like something out of a bad science fiction movie. Shortly after being implemented, that particular requirement was rescinded after a civil liberties group got upset about it. But still, it was scathing and most intrusive. Just imagine if they tried to do this with other groups of individuals. What if they suddenly decided to force all registered gun owners and all members of that household, including children, to submit to a psychiatric test to determine whether or not everyone living there were mentally and emotionally stable enough for someone in that household to carry a firearm, to possess a firearm. What if that happened? Within a flash, society would have been galvanized around that issue, both the pros and the against, you know, those for it and those against it. And even though on the surface it may seem like a logical uh, path to follow, you know, given the school shootings and, and all of these kinds of things like nightclub shootings, all these different shootings that happen, obviously the person who is wielding the gun was unstable. And a lot of times, it wasn't even their gun. It was a parent's gun or, a, or someone else who's, who lives in that household. Uh, and all of those people, you know, anyone else who had a gun or, or anything like that, are perfectly stable. But clearly, the person who's shooting people up for no particularly good reason is not stable. So, you know, that's what this whole thing would have been for. But people would have gotten up in arms about it. And like I say, they would have galvanized around it and tried to put it down just like they did with the DNA testing for sex offenders. And yet, 
even though murderers, violent gang members, and drug dealers get a pass, even though <laughs> even though they are more likely to use violence against new victims upon release from incarceration. I just want to take a brief intermission now to uh, let you know that a lot of the information that you hear in these podcasts are not available in the book of the same name, A Problem We Dare Not Ignore, Sex Offense and Exploitation. They're not available in that book, just as in that book there's information that's not there but that is in the podcast. So really you need to listen to all of the podcasts and you need to purchase my book. It's very inexpensive. Um, so what you do is go to lulu.com. That's L-U-L-U dot com. Lulu dot com. Go up to the search bar, drop down the menu, select books, and then just type a problem we dare not ignore. You don't need to type anything else. That's all you need to type. And the book will appear. And you can make, like I said, a digital uh, purchase for a digital copy, or you can do the soft cover copy. Additionally, you may want to purchase my book entitled Just Call Me Foster. Uh, Foster is in quotes. Just Call Me Foster is my autobiography. So you're going to get a lot more information, of course, uh, than you did in the About Me uh, in the About Me podcast. So I encourage you to purchase that. You can purchase that from lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com. Drop down the menu, select books, and type in Just Call Me Foster. And you should be able to see the, uh, the book come up. And you can purchase either the digital copy, the digital download, or you can purchase the paperback. Only one thing about the paperback I would like to, you to know, and that is it's pretty thick. Um, as a matter of fact, I had to submit it several times by, and cut different parts out of it, out of the book, to make sure that it would fit their format. So it's a very thick book. So as long as you don't mind having a big, meaty book, soft-covered book in your hands, uh, then you might want to purchase the book. But I just wanted to let, make sure, just wanted to make sure that I let you know uh, about how thick the book is. And thank you. These are violent people who either have or are capable of killing people. They have guns that they're not registered to anybody, so they pretty much have carte blanche to do whatever the hell they want. And no one gives it a second look. Nobody's putting them on a registry. I mean, imagine, imagine a gang member getting out of prison and then killing rival a rival gang member or whatever however they do it the point is is drive-by shooting or whatever and you know children are around and old people are around and fragile people people who are who have nothing to do with that situation but are just walking down the street they're just walking walking down the sidewalk and all of a sudden they're they're dead that doesn't make any sense to me but you know how come these people aren't on a registry so that we know where they live so that we can keep our children safe and away from them. 
But there isn't such a thing. There isn't. Makes no sense. It's basically a double standard. Several years back, a law was passed in Massachusetts, as well as many other states across the United States, which prohibited sex offenders from living within a certain number of feet from public parks, daycare centers, public schools, or anywhere else children may congregate. This was back in, I believe, 2007 that this new requirement was enacted. Personally, the only reason why I didn't have to move, even though I'm next to a elementary school and I'm next to a high school and I'm next to a park, and there's a daycare center directly running out of someone's house directly at the end of my street, I was told I didn't have to go anywhere because I owned the property. So that's the great thing about property ownership and one of the reasons why when I got out I said at some point in the not too distant future I want to make sure I own a property that I live in so it protects me. And to keep in mind when I, I planned all of this before I was even released in 1994 and there was no sex offender registry I just knew that it was important that you not just have a place to live but that you own that place. That way you can't get kicked out you know something else you know you have problems with other people in the building or you know whatever and now you you got to move or this or that but anyway this basically gave me a pass the fact that I own and live at the house that I'm in um, so yeah if they tried to do this with any other group of people say African Americans Native Americans um, or any other group, maybe some people of a certain religion, it would never fly. It just would never fly. But it's okay when it comes to sex offenders. Because everybody, no matter who you are, gay, black, and whatever religion you are, you know, <laughs> we can all agree to hate these people. And since we can all as a society gather around and galvanize ourselves to hating this one group of people that we don't even really understand, but hopefully after all of these podcasts, you know, after you've listened to all of my podcasts, you'll understand, but it's just very easy to take these people and segregate them because we don't care. <laughs> we hate them all. We hate them all, and we don't want them part of our society. Now, it actually wasn't until the Massachusetts Supreme Court ruled that well, I should go back a slight bit. Um, one gentleman in a, a town in, in Massachusetts actually filed a lawsuit. He had the means, the financial means, to get a good attorney. And he filed a lawsuit against the state because of the registry restriction on where you can and can't live because they were trying to make him leave. And uh, the court actually ruled in his favor and abolished the... Um, that particular requirement for for everybody and what they cited it's interesting because the, the cases that they cited and you can look it up but the cases that they cited um i'm not actually going to cite cases i'm going to cite situations so i should say the situations then that they uh that they that they cited 
as to be the reason why they made the decision the way they did. They talked about Native Americans, okay, and how they were segregated onto reservations and so on. And it talked about the internment camps uh, for Japanese Americans during World War II. And again, neither one of these worked and neither one of these were humane or in any manner, shape or form keeping with the Constitution, the Bill of Rights and so on. Segregation doesn't work and it isn't moral at all, no matter who you're trying to segregate. Now, of course, it's different if it's a medical situation, if there's a pandemic or something like that, and you need to segregate people so that this thing doesn't, you know, the virus doesn't spread. That's a completely different situation. But to just simply focus on a group and say, hey, we don't like you, we hate you, we fear you, and uh, yeah, so we're going to do whatever the hell we want with you and get you the hell out of our society because that's not where we want you. We don't want you among us. And that's ridiculous. Because I can tell you a lot of other kinds of people that I served time with over the eight-year period that I was incarcerated who were released, who really should be on some form of a, re a registry. They weren't sex offenders, but they should definitely... They were violent criminals. And I had seen many of these same people go out and come back in and go out and come back in. I mean, you see a lot in eight years. And these people just revolving door. And I, I'm sitting there going... Why are they even letting these stupid people out? So there are a lot of other crimes and criminals who should be on a registry but aren't. And probably never will be. And the main reason why is because they are not feared and hated the way people fear and hate sex offenders. In 2018, an amendment to the sex offender registry was passed requiring all registered offenders to fill out an itinerary form. On this form, you're required to provide uh, passport, inf you know, passport information, a copy of your passport, uh, and um, if you have one, uh, you know, whatever your immigration number or immigration card, you know, if you have one of those, you have to make, document that for them. Uh, and then your travel itinerary. If you want to leave the state, you have to, you don't have to get permission, but what you do have to do is you have to fill out a form and say, you know, here's my itinerary. I'm going here, I'll be here till when, I'm sleeping here, I'll be at this hotel, blah, 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 on and on and on. Anytime you want to leave the state. Now, <laughs> it's a ridiculous requirement, okay? Uh, because if you're, if, if, you know, like any other American ci citizen, if you are spontaneous, like I am, and you decide to go, hey, I want to go to this beach over here um, today, um, they can't stop you from doing that. All you got to do is put something in the mail today and send it off to them. It's really stupid because that's all you're left with. In other words, they can't tell you you have to do it within so many days of before you leave the state because it's if you're spontaneous, if it's a spontaneous event, then you're going to simply just say, hey, I want to go here and, and you want to go. So it, it doesn't make any sense for that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it just makes no sense. Now, if you wanted to leave the continental United States, 
to go to another country, you do have to give them 21 days advance notice before you leave. And of course, your itinerary. Here I'm going here on this flight or on this ship or whatever, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Um, I was a little confused about all of this, so I actually called the sex offender registry. I'm bold like that. <laughs> I'm bold like that. So anyway, I called and the guy was like, okay, yeah, so he's like, there's one additional little detail about leaving the country that you need to know in addition to, you know, the 21 day notice and filling out all that other malarkey on the uh, form. And that is, if you want to go somewhere, before you even buy a ticket, contact the consulate where you want to go, explain to them who you are, what you are, in the sense of a sex offender, and ask if they have any travel restrictions. Because if you don't do that, a lot of them do now have res travel restrictions. It's a, well, we'll get into that in a second. Um, if they have any travel restrictions and you get on a plane, go to their country, you'll never be allowed to either disembark from the plane <laughs> or you definitely won't be able to get out of the terminal. They'll hold you in a room, you'll get a return flight that you pay for and back to the states you go. And it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. But yeah, so that's what the guy was telling me. He was like, yep, you want to call, find out before you even buy a ticket because there's no point if they're not going to take you in. They're just going to hold you and send you back. So it's a concerted effort within most Western countries, most Western nations. Uh, and they've all come together with the United States and said, yeah, we don't want these people here. So make sure they understand. And this was this guy telling me and making sure I understood. It's totally ridiculous. Now, the reason why I know it's a, no, it's a concerted effort is because, again, being bold that I am, I contacted, I contacted an attorney, and she was very short with me, but that, when she figured out what I was calling for, but either way, it doesn't matter, uh, even though she was a very rude person, I explained my situation, and she told me that, first of all, it would cost me $7,000 just to retain her just to get her just to get her on the case okay and the reason she said is because it's a very complicated situation and it would have to be you would have to somehow excuse me as an individual from doing what all other individuals similarly situated that is to say that all other sex offenders have to follow um, and that's why it would cost so much but she also told me a bit of inside information and that I didn't know um, and she's the one who told me that it was a concerted effort with all developed nations uh, all over the world to prevent the movement of sex offenders outside of their own country. So whatever rules are within your country, you can move around based on those rules, uh, you know, kind of like this itinerary thing. But if you want to move, if you want to go, you know, to another country, you can pretty much forget it because they're not going to accept you because this is a concerted effort. It's concerted effort by the United States, like I said, and other Western uh, countries, other developed countries. Of course, there's a whole bunch of other places you can go where you don't have to worry about that kind of thing. But nevertheless, these are probably places you wouldn't want to visit anyway. You know, third world countries and stuff like that. So this is another ridiculous requirement, but it's a current requirement. It's a requirement that I have to follow 
even now as I'm doing this podcast. If I said, okay, I'm going to put the podcast aside and I'm going to take a trip to Connecticut, one, you know, or Vermont or New York, or I want to go to Los Angeles or anywhere else. I have to send them that paperwork filled out. Now, in addition to the stuff that I have already said you have to put on those paper, on that paperwork, you have to have your email addresses, any email addresses that you have, the itinerary paperwork that you have to fill out, you have to fill out every and put every email address that you use. You have to put every name for the social media that you use. In other words, the name of the social media, let's say Facebook in my case, and then your full name, which I do have a Facebook account and I do have, uh, you know, I have complied with them, you know, in that I have to make sure they know that, you know, here's what my social media that I'm on, I'm on Facebook, here's the name that I'm under. Um, it's just ridiculous. But again, these are things that they're making us do. This whole itinerary thing, this whole pay, paperwork, okay, this whole page, requiring all of these things, you know, passports and everything. It's just another way for the powers that be to have control. Therefore, I am, in fact, comparing the plight of sex offenders in America to those examples stated before. Because that's exactly where things were headed. That's exactly where things are headed. They want to take all sex offenders, put them in one area, location, reservation, lockup, whatever it is. If we lived in a country that did not have the types of redress of, of grievances that, that our country does, the United States, I don't know where sex offenders, or myself for that matter, would be within society. But we do have those protections. We have the Constitution and the Bill of Rights we have the ability to challenge, which is redress of grievances. We have the ability to challenge. Unfortunately, most sex offenders don't challenge. Most sex offenders keep their head in the ground. You know, head in, 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 you know they don't want to stick their head up like an ostrich and say, Whoop, wait, what's going on? Because if they do, boom, they're gone. You know, they're, they're just going to be criticized and ridiculed just like the Jews were and forced to move from wherever they are to someplace else. I may face that. It's only a matter of time, and probably a very short matter of time, before someone listening to these uh, podcasts figures out who I am and then can figure out where I am, and that could put me, my property, you know, and everything within it in jeopardy. So I understand why most sex offenders would stay quiet. Um, and as I may have said before, the only reason why I'm speaking out is because, first of all, my age, okay, I'm not young anymore, so it's, uh, I got less life ahead of me, in other words, than I have behind me, so I'm not worried about that. Um, but also because I'm pissed off, to be perfectly honest with you, and that's why I've made these podcasts, and that's why I'm sharing this information with you, um, because it's completely ludicrous. The sex offender reg registry as a whole should be abolished. It doesn't serve any logical purpose. It truly doesn't. I mean, think about this for a second. So yes, there is, in fact, going back to the Hitler situation, 
there is in fact a correlation between Hitler's Nazi Germany and what's going on here in the United States. It's just happening slower and differently. They know that people are only going to be open-minded to a certain kind of restrict restrictive uh, law if there's if it's warranted and it really really has to be warranted kind of like 9-11 resulted or kind of like I'm sorry Homeland Security resulted from 9-11 you know this endless war that we've got going on over in the sand sandboxes of the world are all part of the whole 9-11 thing and they'll go on forever and there will always be a, a, a an agency um, called Homeland Security that can cross all borders all nations and everything else I mean, if you look at Homeland Security's, uh, uh, you know, their restrictions, what they can and cannot do, it's different from every other, uh, every other agency in the alphabet soup. You know, NSA, DEA, all of those guys. Those guys have nothing on Homeland Security. But all of this only happened because of 9-11. You would be amazed at what... The powers that be can get away with when a society of people decide to turn the other cheek, to look the other way, which is exactly what society is doing when it comes to the registry. Most people, even the people who are listening to this now, have absolutely no idea what's going on in the registry. And they never will because it won't affect them. So when you see a minority of individuals being vilified and segregated, we all know what comes next. We all know what comes next because we have history to show us. So, the sex offender registry is hands down one of the biggest farces in American history. It serves no logical purpose other than to vilify, isolate, and shame an entire group of American citizens. Further, it seeks to make their lives a living hell by continuously evolving in a manner which limits their ability to have access to all of the rights and privileges which the Constitution and Bill of Rights guarantee all American citizens. The Sex Offender Registry has the power to prevent new sex offenses from occurring in the same manner as a registered firearm your vehicle regis being registered or registering your dog will prevent any of these from harming another soul. In other words, it won't. It won't. If I have a gun, I can shoot someone. I can run someone over with my car and my dog can still bite someone. So this is why I'm comparing it to these things because it really doesn't have the power to prevent anything. It truly does not. If an offender wants to offend, he's going to go anywhere he needs to do it. So just because your neighbors or the people that work in the neighborhood that you work at, work in, just because they know, you know who and what you are and all the statistics that go with it, doesn't mean you can't go someplace else if that's what you're so inclined to do, which I'm hoping no one listening to this is, but it doesn't stop you from going someplace else, you know, to another city within your state or whatever, and molesting some kid there. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop anything. 
So in conclusion, let me just say that I will continue to comply with what I'm supposed to comply with because it's the law. It's what I'm supposed to do. But it doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right at all. And it's too bad, I think, that, uh, that most offenders will keep their heads in the ground and not speak out, not challenge anything. And I understand why, like I said. But another reason why is because the registry has the power to raise or lower, but definitely to raise, uh, your level. So if you're on a level 1, they can raise you to a 2. 2, they can raise you to 3. And I don't know what else there is beyond 3, at least in most states. But if I wanted to drive something home to you, it's this. All of this has been done before throughout history. We don't like you, we shun you, we shame you, then we segregate you, and then you disappear. It's nothing new. It's not some crazy fantasy of mine. You know, not so much fantasy, but crazy idea of mine, some conspiracy theory. No, this has already happened both in this country and in other countries. And this is how it happened. If you look at your history, this is how it happened. First, you have to turn the community against the, the, this group. And once you've done that, then the community will look the other look the other way while you do whatever the hell you want to that particular group of people that you hate and are in fear of. So we really need to keep a check on the registry and make sure that they don't violate sex offenders' rights because today it's sex offenders. Tomorrow it's going to be somebody else. Think about it. I mean. Right now, people are, you know, their eyes are averted to other things and they're not paying attention to this. So meanwhile, what's going on in the background, a lot of people don't know if they don't know law, is that the minute they pass a new rule and it holds and it sticks, in other words, it doesn't get overturned or anything like that by anybody, they now have another uh, right that they've taken away from a group and they've done so legally and they've done so righteously in their mind, eventually, whether it happens in my lifetime or not, they're going to turn the same exact magnifying glass to some other group, maybe gun owners. I don't know, maybe owners of pit bulls and Rottweilers. I don't know. Some other group that society agrees unanimously to hate and to fear, they're gonna focus on that group. And when that group, which you could be in that group, and when that group says, hey, no, 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 we're, we're not going to have this. This is ridiculous. We've had these rights since blah, 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 and we're not going to stand for this. We're going to protest. We're going to... And you know what they're going to say? Go ahead. All of the arguments that you're going to raise have all been raised and put down. Anything you say is going to be put down because let me show you the sex offenders. Let me show you the sex offender registry. You allowed us to do all of this stuff, and we justified doing all this stuff to them using different kind of legal requirements and so on and so forth. We're now going to use those same legal requirements and, and the rules and regulations and the laws that have been passed on these people. We're going to now do this to you. And there's nothing you can do about it because all of the arguments have all been made, and that's it. Case closed. 
That's how this works. That's how it's always worked throughout history. It has always been this way. All you have to do is get everyone to hate a specific group, violate that group's rights, and everyone's going to agree. And then, when the time is right, focus on another group. And when that group starts screaming bloody murder, then all you got to do is look to the first one, like I just said. I'm just repeating myself again, I know. But like I just said, look to them. All your rights, anything you have to say, all of your arguments have all been argued and put down in the sex offender registry case. So now you have no leg to stand on. And why? Simply because you chose to hate and fear something you didn't understand, which you will understand when we get into the sex offender segment of that podcast. But you decided you didn't care. You looked the other way. Never considering that laws that are made and put on the books today can be cited down the road dealing with a different group or a different situation. This is basic criminal and civil law which of course most of you don't know anything about it, but I do. And this is how it works. You have a case, let's just say in civil court, and you're trying to prove your case. So what do you do? Well, you present your evidence and all of this other stuff, but also you present case law. You present, you know, this one versus this one, uh, case number, blah, blah, blah. Uh, The judge ruled in our favor or in their favor or not in this one's favor or whatever it is that you're trying to prove or trying to show. You use case law. This is established because someone else before you brought up the same kinds of concerns and someone said, okay, I sustain that or I, you know, or not, you know, whatever it is, I hold it up or I don't hold it up. And since someone else already argued these arguments, you are able to, in a completely separate case, but with maybe slightly similar arguments, quote their case. That's how law works. That's how part of law works. So, again, I state, when they're done with sex offenders, they will turn this magnifying glass to someone else. And when those people get up in arms, they're not going to have a snowball's chance in hell. Because, again, all of the arguments that they're raising, that they can raise, have already been raised and put down. That's it. That's it. That's where the sex offender registry is going. It's a sex offender registry today. Tomorrow, maybe it's a special gun registry. Yes, you all have to register your legal firearms, yes. But some other kind of registry, some other kind of database that they're going to put together. Maybe it's not guns. Maybe it's something different. But whatever it is, it's not going to be something that group wants. Society will get up in arms because now it's not about a bunch of people we can all agree to hate and fear. And they're not going to have a chance in hell of proving their case or winning their case. Because it's all been heard and said and done before in previous cases. That's it, guys. That's it.